This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons 3 to 7 on Sports Hub Triad. The NCAA just hammered Georgia Tech basketball. And if I'm an NC State or Kansas fan, I'd be worried right now. Here's what the NCAA handed down today. A postseason ban for next year, which you may laugh at and say, cool, Georgia Tech's banned from the postseason. I'm also banned from hanging out with Kate Upton and Brooklyn Decker. But there's much more than that. you got to read further than just the postseason ban. It's four years probation, a reduction of scholarships and official visits. And they're also finding the Yellow Jackets of 2% of their basketball budget in addition to the 5000 self-induced fine they announced in March. Their crimes? An assistant financed a $300, not $3,000, $300 strip club visit for a recruit with Jarrett Jack and Wendell Carter, paying for airline tickets, sneakers, clothing, uh, also meals uh, for, for players who are currently on the roster. And I don't want to minimize any of that, but this investigation didn't require FBI intervention, unlike Kansas and NC State's cases. Today's headline sends this message to the Jayhawks and the Pack. The NCAA is not messing around here. These infractions, they seem minor compared to what NC State and Kansas charges have been, at least when you read the notice of allegations. Kansas, I think, should be worried most because there are similar crimes, air quote, crimes, that Kansas has committed or alleged to have commit, uh, committed to what Georgia Tech just got punished for. Georgia Tech's case involves impermissible benefits and also the involvement of boosters. That's the biggest thing the NCAA hammered Georgia Tech for, the involvement of boosters in the recruiting of players that happened happening improperly. Kansas has all the stuff with the Adidas exec that you could argue is a booster and TJ Gasnola. And if Kansas can't argue that Gasnola wasn't a booster all along here, then you can expect the punishment we saw today from Georgia Tech for Georgia Tech to be the baseline of what Kansas is going to get as well. There's a show cause for a former Georgia Tech assistant here, a three-year show cause, and the NCAA is focused, in the Kansas case, more on the head coach than it is here in Georgia Tech. Josh Pazder not named as much in this recent uh, infraction and this punishment handed down. Bill Self is one of the primary targets in the Kansas investigation, but on top of that, it's lack of institutional control, It's far bigger stuff with Kansas. I have trouble believing that this punishment being handed down as the notice of allegations is sent out to Kansas last week and NC State a few months ago. I have trouble believing it's coincidental that the NCAA is this heavy-handed here as we're waiting to see just how heavy-handed they will be with the schools involved with the FBI investigation and the money laundering, and recruits being funneled money through the shoe companies. The NCAA, they've been pushed around 
constantly. It kind of reminds me of my favorite scene in that terrific Ezra Edelman, OJ Made in America docu-series. Des, did you ever watch that? The five-part, 10-hour Ezra Edelman, OJ docu-series? Yeah, I actually went on an OJ fix there for a little bit. That was the only time I ever watched a documentary and thought this has a shot at winning an Oscar for Best Picture. Documentaries generally don't qualify for that category, and that one did not ultimately, but that was the only time I thought, maybe. It's the best thing I believe ESPN's ever done. In the final episode of that, when OJ is finally facing punishment for the civil crimes that were far less than what he was accused of and got off scot-free with the murder um, charges and arrests in the previous decade, as he's being read the punishment, Carl Douglas, who was one of the defense attorneys for OJ, started talking about the idea of the fifth quarter, that his high school football team was bad. But while they were losing in the fourth quarter, they started thinking about the fifth quarter. And that fifth quarter was in the parking lot where they got back. I think this is the NCAA. Using, they're going to use the legwork that's been done by the FBI which gave them resources they never had before with subpoena power and in-court testimony, they're going to try and use that to fight back after the last decade and a half of embarrassment and botching many of these cases, Miami and the Shapiro stuff, overreaching with the Joe Paterno, Jerry Sandusky case, the list goes on and on, letting North Carolina get off with just a slap on the wrist, This could be the NCAA trying to let the schools know who's running the show here. And we'll see how much of it can stick. Here's the good news for NC State, though. The NCAA does seem focused on the individuals. With Kansas, they're looking at Bill Self. In their case, it seemed like Mark Gottfried was the primary target Gottfried and Early were fired by NC State. They're no longer there, unlike Bill Self, who's a Hall of Famer and still in place at Kansas. Also, it's not a booster issue. So it's hard to really equate the crimes here and try and speculate what the punishment is going to be for NC State by looking at this Georgia Tech case when NC State's stuff doesn't really regard boosters at all. Also, think about how long this took. We learned about the Georgia Tech allegations while we were at the ACC tournament. I was sitting probably about 100 feet away from Josh Pazner when he was on the phone practically the entire second half of a game, and we learned why the next morning he was learning that his program had just received a notice of allegations from the NCAA that was in Charlotte at the ACC tournament. That took six months for this to come down. NC State received their notice of allegations a few months ago, Kansas, last week. Both schools have 90 days to react and send a response, and then the NCAA can respond to that. So it's going to take time. It's not going to affect this Wolfpack season. So don't worry. You got Markel Johnson back, and you should be an NCAA tournament team. It's not going to affect this year. But 2021, that remains to be seen. Your thoughts are welcome. 336-777-1600. You can tweet the show at Sports Hub Triad. Clemson head football coach Dabo Sweeney is going to join us in about 25 minutes. Let's go to Ed in Winston-Salem who wants in on this Georgia Tech punishment.
by the NCAA. The NCAA, in my mind, hammering Georgia Tech here. Ed, what do you have for us? Yes, uh, Josh, I grew up my first uh, 18 years in Kansas. I've got a lot of friends in reality still there. And this Kansas deal is way, way, way overdue, not with the paying of the players necessarily, but also all the off-duty you know, stuff that's been going on there, you know, sexual uh, affairs and you know, rapes and uh, people uh, you know, assaulting uh, women and uh, tearing up dorms and a whole lot of other things going on. My primarily concern is would you be in favor of the NCAA instead of this you know, three-month crap Cutting it back. Do you think it really takes three months, you know, for either side to go, and then you got to go through the infractions another two or three months? So, what I'm primarily concerned is that Kansas, in all likelihood, is not going to hear anything until after the season is over. And what really bothers me: what the heck happens if they would win? I know if they won the NCAA championship, they're going to vacate those victories and take down the banners. But that sure as heck is not going to happen. You know, see, if I'm a Carolina fan. If Carolina played them for the championship or they got knocked out, you know, the final eight are going. You know, so what, what's your opinion? Do you think they could shorten the amount of time that they could get this process done? And I, like I, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to speed it up. I'd imagine these things are going to take some time. I think what you're referring to with Kansas, why it might be of interest to get something done this year is the eligibility of Silvio de Sousa. He's going to be playing this year. He sat out last year due to NCAA rules violations, and there was some stuff where you're trying to figure out how he ended up at Kansas. But my guess would be it's not going to happen quick. I think it's going to happen after this basketball season ends because that's the process in place. And... Kansas, just like any other school, has the right to take advantage of the rules that are in place here. We saw how long it was dragged out with North Carolina and the NCAA. And I'm not saying it's going to drag out that long with this, but every school has a right to a defense. And Kansas, I'm sure they're going to have quite the fight to defend that program and that Hall of Fame coach. But I'd be surprised if it takes any longer than a year. I bet next summer, right around this time that we're talking about this with Georgia Tech, we're probably going to hear what's going to happen with Kansas and maybe NC State slightly before that. The Drive broadcast live in the law offices of Timothy D. Wellborn Studios. Learn more about the ways Tim Wellborn can help you online at timwellborn.com. You'll know when you need us. Coming up. An evident generational gap between perhaps a future NFL Hall of Famer and Cam Newton. This is The Drive. Hey. 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 This is. What is this? The Drive. Oh, okay. Thank you. You dig it? Oh, God. With Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. We are Sharon with Darren. Vought from the David Glenn Show steps into our studio now. Appreciate Dabo Sweeney spending some time with us. There, These are the words that I think will perk up the most eyebrows across sports. Adam Schefter reports on Twitter. Whatever follows, we're at peak atti- attention. 
and he just tweeted something out a few minutes ago. It's a breaking news story. We'll get to the baseball in a minute. Are you ready for this, Darren? Is there anybody else that you have that kind of feel for? No, and maybe maybe Woj, aside from Shefty. And quite frankly, I just would rather not hear the Billie Eilish. So, yeah, what, what did Shefty have to say? Breaking news. According to Adam Schefter, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira will be the halftime performers for Super Bowl 54? Super Bowl 54 in Miami. There are going to be other performers added to this, but it's going to be a Miami flavor for the next Super Bowl. I don't know if Shakira has any ties to Miami. I think she's actually Colombian. But Jennifer Lopez, uh, is Jenny's block? Jenny from the block? Is her block Miami? I thought she was from New is York. It? But, I don't know. Um, I don't know question. if this really is a Miami flavor. I know A-Rod is from Miami, and I guess they're engaged, so maybe that's the tie, Dad. Yeah, are they based well, I mean, there she's, now? she's Puerto Rican, right? I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of you know Puerto Rican Where did she grow up, though? I thought she's from New York. She's from the Bronx. I thought she's from the Bronx. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. The Bronx. yeah. So, I mean, I, I, get, I, I understand that, I mean, she has mass appeal anywhere, right? It's, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to go to Miami for jennifer lopez to be an appropriate halftime act we're going um, back to the old halftimes that's what's happening here where pre um justin timberlake situation with janet jackson it was just a barrage of people it was just in that show you had nelly wearing or diddy wearing a julius peppers jersey and nelly rolling up in a car that was shaped like a football to do hot in here. It, it was just a different <laughs> time back then. But now Jennifer Lopez and Shakira will be performing the halftime show. And I think these are artists that need to have accompaniment. Because uh, Jennifer Lopez, I don't think she has enough hits. Like, her hits were 20 years ago. And I don't hear those songs played on the radio that often today. With all no, due it, respect for, to Jenny from The Block and that song she did with Ja Rule, I'm Real. Aside from that... Excellent track. Thank you so much. Uh, I think... I don't know why I'm saying thank you, but... Yeah, why I did thought, you write I it? I you are talking about the way that Wait, I, did you write I'm Real? I thought you were saying that <laughs> you were impressed that I knew by J-Law. I mean, Fly Girl. Well, you're here. welcome. Fly Girl. It's a wonderful song, Josh. Right. It is a wonderful song. I love Shakira. <laughs> Her hips. I like both of these. Her hips are truthful. Very truthful hips on Shakira. I, I actually, I do like this. I will say, this is kind of a, it's a little bit of a, like they're both a little bit older, so it's not quite as risque, but to your point, all of their hits are of the risque nature, right? Or, or came when they were, I mean, they're both still hot, but when they were younger and hot. So I, it's a little bit of a surprise. Are we talking pick. about hot in terms of popular, or are you actually talking about their appearance here's the thing josh is i could mean both <laughs> that's why i asked the question <laughs> uh darren you told me a crazy thing so we just had Dabo on and you were just telling me in studio you're sitting here listening to the interview quietly as we were talking to i was the trying to be respectful coach. you had him on he was on our station earlier this week on your show the david glenn show that you produce and you had quite a snafu right before we went on the air. <laughs> Something was going on with the phones, and D you weren't able to get Dabo on, and you had to take a break. I was worried with his schedule, being the number one coach of the country, right. that he might say, nah, I can't do it anymore. It had to be this time, and you can't keep me longer. 
what exactly was going on during that commercial break? Because he came back, and I don't think there's another coach in America that would return the way from just a botch segment technically <laughs> the way Dabo did where he just said, I'm here! I'm here! I'm here! Uh, I don't know who else does that. The number one coach in the country apparently does. So to answer your question, I developed an ulcer while that was happening. Um, <laughs> but to be a little bit more specific, we had there was some situation with whatever phone he was trying to use at Clemson. So as you might imagine, Dabo Sweeney, as high a profile guy as he is, he calls us normally. So he called. I was talking to him off the air. Hey, coach, how's it going? I'm great, man. Can't wait to talk to DG. I'd light him up, and, and the way that the technical stuff works, you have to, to, to hit a switch to put him on the air, and then you, you adjust the volume on that, as you guys know, but I'm explaining for the listeners. Uh, so when I switched him over and turned up the volume, there was nothing. He said he could hear us. He could hear DG introducing him and asking him a question, but we got nothing from him. And <laughs> I, I was like, I picked up. I said, all right, I'm going to try a different line So because we have multiple phone lines as you might imagine. Yes, we do. You guys know that. I'm saying it for the listeners. So we have like six phone lines, and I pull up one of them, and I'm like, all right, cool. You sound great. All clear. Put him up. Same thing. Not happening. So then I tell DG on the talk back, which is something that you can't hear as listeners, I say, uh, well, let's take a break. I got to figure this out. And I don't know why I did that, because it was a five-minute commercial break, and I had the number one college football team's coach on the phone. And I just I explained it to Dabo. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Is there another line? He goes, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll just call my cell. And so he hung up. I called him on his cell phone. Humble brag. I called him on his cell phone. And it was his idea, to be clear. Right. Uh, I know, humble brag. <laughs> so we called him on his cell phone. And then just hit the after, speed dial. after this like four minutes of trying to figure out this segment, an additional five-minute break. We were scheduled to have him at 2.30. We're off the air, remember, at 3. It's 2.40 at this point, so our window is closing. <laughs> so then we get him back on, and he's just like, no, nah, man, not a problem, because I asked him, too, well, well, before I went on the second time, because, Dez, you can appreciate this as a producer, I was not about to try a third time and not have him on. Yeah. So there is this technology that we can use to our advantage called putting something in queue. It's how Daz hears sound and edits sound before he puts it on the air for everyone to hear. So I can put the phone in queue. <laughs> so I, t I ask Dabo, because I do not want to further waste his time. <laughs> I say, Dabo, I'm going to put your phone in queue. I don't expect you to know what that means, but essentially I'm going to be able to hear you without you being on the air. Would you mind to, like, count to 10 or something? <laughs> <laughs> so Davo Sweeney, Davo Sweeney says, Sure, Darren, not a problem. One, two, three, four. Nope, you're good at four. I got you. We're perfect. I'm back in back with DG in You like didn't a let him count to 10. Nope. <laughs> he only got the four. You stopped him. Wow, I did not make him bro. count to Darren 10. Darren Vaught should put this on his bio. <laughs> he should put it in his resume. That he got the head coach of the Clemson Tigers to count to four. <laughs> coach, can you just start counting? <laughs> it's incredible. It's just simply incredible. Uh, I want to get to these baseball things very quickly. Can we do this rapid fire style, Darren? Sure. Why not? All right. A lot of things going on. Last night, 
what is the better highlight for you? Really this week, the fact that the Nationals, starting 19-31, and clinched, and not only clinched, did so against Bryce Harper and his Phillies, or Bob Euchre celebrating in the locker room last night as the Brewers clinched? It's Euchre's without question. I am a, a, a Bryce Harper apologist in many ways. I forewarned you, I believe... I believe in a sh- in a session of Sharon with Darren at the beginning of the baseball season warned everybody that the Nationals were going to be it was going to be addition by subtraction and they were also going to be very 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 good. So, I I don't know, it doesn't surprise me. I don't take joy in the idea that they did it against Bryce. I think some of the fans from what I've seen and read and heard were were kind of ugly to him, but it's Bob Euchre, right? I mean, come on. Players need to stop crushing the fans, by the way. I'm not condoning talking about children or race, um, condoning racism in the stands, but Bryce Harper saying that guys just, they're, they're being mean and that the fans really love him better in Philadelphia. The same people that were booing him this year when he was playing for their team and hated him for eight years before. Just a ridiculous thing. You know, it just goes a yeah, step well, too far and to be with clear, Indianapolis that's not ex- fans and the same thing. I know I know that they're saying it's the kids and the family being involved in this, but that's probably three or four jackasses. The rest of them, come on now. He's They're doing what fans do. No, I, I get it. And, and and look, Bryce Harper is, is making $300 million on this contract. That's a lot of money, more money than all but one person have, have, has ever made playing the game of baseball, and he was not one of the top two players in baseball this year. So as a player, I think you you kind of have to expect it. The Dixie Classic Fair at the Winston-Salem Fairgrounds are October the 4th through uh, October the 13th. It's celebrating their 137th year. Advanced sales tickets and wristbands are on sale right now, and you could save up to 40% this second. Don't forget, hashtag, how do you fare? And visit dcfair.com today. Fireworks, rides, and food nightly. It is the Dixie Classic Fair right here in the Triad. See, I haven't been to the Dixie Classic Fair yet. Do you have a favorite fair food very quickly, Darren? No. Fair food. Funnel? Funnel cake? Well, all right, I did the North Carolina State Fair for the first time last year. Well, congratulations. And, uh, I'm a big fried Oreos fan, but they had pineapple ice cream. Holy just bleep. Dynamite. You are listening to WSGS Winston-Salem, WCOG Greensboro, WPC in Burlington, WMFR High Point. Those signals making up Sports Hub Triad. Here's your mic check. Check. Mic check. Test. Check. Check. You're on the drive with Josh Graham. Make sure everyone has a pencil and a paper in front of them. we got to get one for BG here. Brian Geisinger in with us now. ACCSports.com is where Sharon with Darren Vaught. It's time for the movie game. We play it every week. It's the Rotten Tomatoes movie game. And quite simply, BG, to refresh you on the rules here, it is Rotten Tomatoes where they have a critic score and an audience score. We're going by the critic score. Out of 1 to 100, they essentially tell you how good a movie is. And we have Desmond Johnson every week telling us which movies he's going to pick. We don't know before um, beforehand. And we have to guess what the Rotten Tomatoes score is and 
how many ever uh, how many points you're off of is your score and whoever has the lowest score after three movies wins mm-hmm. unless someone's within 10 points which case we have a golden fourth movie does that make sense yeah definitely all right and bg he is golden someone movie. who is doing acc he's been doing work with the acc magazine we got a fall basketball edition that's going to be coming out very soon with stuff from myself and david glenn and BG does such an excellent job at accsports.com. Uh, and you can find him on Twitter at accsports. B guys underscore bird. Let's get to the imaging I'm told is just too elaborate for how nonsensical this segment is. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. It's time for some kind of movie game. All right, all right, all right. With Josh Graham and Darren Vaught. Show me the money. Welcome, gentlemen, to the movie game. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, and today's segment will be on movies that have tigers in them to commemorate having Clemson oh. head coach Dabo Sweeney on the show oh. today. Oh, all right, okay. Movies with tigers in them. Not bad. So right. uh, we're going to start off with Darren today. Wow. Your first movie. That's fine. <laughs> your first movie. You don't have to get offended for me, Josh. <laughs> I'm not offended at all. This seemed one. that way. <laughs> the first movie, Darren, is Life of Pi. I knew you were going to say that. Right. Why did I know you were going to say that? I loved Life of Pi. I think that's a tremendous movie. I, it's one of those movies that I just love the first time I watch it, even though it's really just two characters and a guy is on a boat with a tiger essentially the entire time. Did you like this movie? I did. And I think most who watched it did as well. So if everybody's got their scores written down, I'll go ahead and reveal mine. All right, I got mine written down right here. I'm going to go 81. All right, uh, Brian, you'll go next. I don't think this is going to be an accurate score, but um, but that's okay because I'm just trying to play a game within a game here. And I'm going to say The Life of Pi. I'm going to give it a 3.14 <laughs> if, that, if that works out for you. I won't draw the decimal point out even further. We'll stop it at, we'll stop it at, at is that, 2 there. Is that your final answer, 3.14 Brian? from Brian yeah, Geisinger. Who's ready to go? He's playing the game. Game within the game. Dance. I like it. Okay, uh, uh, and Josh, I you're, think this movie, rounded up here. I think this movie was nominated for Best Picture. If it's a critic score, I think it's going to be in the 90s. I'm going 94 for Life of Pi. Jeez. The actual score for Give me Life the of, under. Give me the under. <laughs> the actual score for Life of Pi was, amazingly, 3.14. No, I'm kidding. It was, uh, <laughs> Darn it, Des. 87 oh! was the, the yeah. score there. Gosh, I'm even when I do good... It's not good enough. We've been playing this game dating back to the days in Greenville when I was hosting a show for years, and I never won this damn game. Not one time. I love movies so much, and I want to win this game one time. The last time we played before I took the job here, they tried to let me win, and I couldn't win anyway. Maybe you're too emotional. Maybe you need to like you know calm down and just like relax and just play the game, man. All right, just what, play the game. what's the next movie? <laughs> the next movie... Is. I feel great about it. I think it's a fun game. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm having fun. Defending, yeah. Yeah. defending yeah. champ. There you go. The next movie is The Jungle Book, the oh. 2016 live version. Well, I guess you call it live. Live action. Whatever. All right. So yeah. this is gonna this is gonna have a doo doo score, undoubtedly. Oh, way to tip your hand <laughs> before 
before. Oh, uh, and Brian, Brian, yeah. you will go first. I'm sorry. Whenever oh. he's ready. See, I, hmm. I did you watch the new Lion King, BG? Uh, no, I did not. After much anticipation, I must say I was, uh, I got a little afraid because of some of the early reviews. The early returns were not. Yeah, great. don't go see it. <laughs> yeah, it's disappointing. The cast is phenomenal. Well, I, I thought it was. It was, it was one of the best takes I've had all year. I knew it wasn't going to be a good movie because animals don't emote. So, like, when, yeah. spoiler, Simba dies. Or she, no, Simba does not die. Mufasa dies. That was right, what? What? Mufasa dies in a different you direction. Need, you need tears. Wow. You need tears from Simba. Instead, you just get a lion staring at his corpse. I need emotion. I need some of that. And you don't get it with real lions because animals don't emote. That's what happens in real life, right? Anyway, what else we got? Uh, waiting on Brian. Oh, I'll go with a. I'll go with a fifty-nine. <laughs> All right, uh, Josh. I had sixty-one. And our returning champion, Darren. Fifty-two. Hmm. Darn. The actual uh, critic score for the Jungle Book was a ninety-five. Come on! So, no way. Uh, people love John Favreau, man. <laughs> no way. They love I John love John Favreau. Favreau, but like, nah. Does that mean currently? I think I might Rotten be in the tomatoes? lead. Does that going, score better than the original? Going because into that's the absurd. final movie, it was I better than the original. Going into the final movie, I wow. think I might have the lead here if my math is correct, which it probably isn't. It actually, for once, is. Josh is in the lead, followed by Darren and Brian with that, that uh, pie score from earlier. Really kind of messed you up. You're uh, trailing, but you got to right. catch him. How far oh, yeah. is Darren down, though? But How I far get, is Darren down, though? But I get style points for performance. Yeah, style points. That, I'm, in my mind, I'm adding right. 30 points to how, how much yeah. am I up, deducting. How much am I up on Darren going into the final movie? Uh, about eight. All right. Which means we're still in golden movie range. Brian's <laughs> off by <laughs> quite a bit, I think. A lot. Uh, okay. Like 70, yeah. All yeah. right. Is it 70? <laughs> what right. is the final movie? Your final movie in the category of movies with tigers in them is The Hangover. Oh, wow. Mm. That is one of the best cameos you're going to find. Not the tiger, but Mike Tyson. Mike and Tyson, it was his tiger. It was. So while you gentlemen are writing your scores down for <sighs> this, this critical third round here. This yeah, is tricky because this was well received, but not in a like a critical sense. Dar Darren has played the game before. Darren has played the game before. I wouldn't throw something in there to trip you up, right? Would I? Um, see, I I think that was just a perfect moment in the movie theater where you didn't see it coming, and Mike Tyson just punches him in the face. It's one of the best cameos I can remember the last fifteen years still in a movie theater. He still got it. And also, also the credits at the end. Sitting in a movie theater watching all of those things that were on the camera roll. That movie, which was directed by Todd Phillips, who's doing the Joker movie that comes out next week. Um, it was awesome. I mean, it's what, probably the best comedy to last 10 years. Well, that was long enough for your two contestants beside you to go and look up how the actual score was for uh, The Hangover. No, I'm looking, I'm looking at them right now. They're not They're not on computers. I don't trust BG doesn't even have a computer in front of them. I, right. don't, I, don't, I don't trust a lot of you. But, uh, Josh, you're first. 72. 72. Darren. <laughs> I said 73. 73. Great. Price is right. <laughs> and Brian. So I was at a 75 here, but I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to. No. Uh, you got to go with the 75. You 75. Gotta... I was going to try to undercut these guys, but no, I'll, I'll go I'll go 74. I'll go over. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. So you kind of need to do like Jeopardy style to catch up to them, but. Uh... All right. If unless if, if I'm on the nose, I win. If not, we go to a golden movie. The 
critic score for The Hangover was 78. Oh, mm. wow. Golden movie. Here we go. All and right. That triggers our right. golden uh, movie here. Golden movie range. Golden movie range. We're playing the movie game with Brian Geisinger and Darren Vaught. Now, I am trailing now? Oh, no, I'm tied or close to tied. Uh, actually, that was my question because we never made it this far before. So in the gold movie <laughs> round, did your previous scores count at all or is this whoever's closest oh, no. to the gold movie? Oh, no. It counts. Okay. The final score. All but right, so now I think Darren gained one point on me if my math is right. So I'm up by seven. That is correct. Yeah. yeah. Look at you with the yeah. math on the radio. Yeah. You know, the critics say that math on the radio doesn't work. I say not. I say math on the radio sounds awesome. No, the critics say Jungle Book was good. <laughs> I say not. Good point. <laughs> that's that's valid. Um, all right, so your golden movie, and this may be a tricky one, gentlemen. The Tigger movie from the Wait. year two thousand. Wow, the Tigger what? movie. Hold on, what kind of animation is this? Uh, just animated people movie. People drawn with their hands. I yeah. mean, what do you mean? It's, <laughs> it's, it's Disney. No, I mean, 2D, is it like... It's a 2D Disney yeah. movie. It's not right. like the Christopher okay. Robin It's not like yeah, travesty. Okay. Right, or, like right, right, right. or like a dude walking around well, in See, a, that in that greatly impacts the way I'm going to score this. Does it? Okay. I, I, think, I think I know what it is. And we're going to go Brian first on this one. Oh, I'm still in? Yeah, BG, you get the he play. Wasn't, he, wasn't, he was out. Okay. Just, just take a wild oh. guess. <laughs> All right, I will go with. Oh boy, talk about a shot in the dark here. Let's go. Um, let's go sixty-five. He's gonna get it right on the nose. Get ready. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Josh. Sixty-nine. You want me to say it, and I'm not going to say <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, neither am I. <laughs> I'm not gonna give you that satisfaction. I'm here to win, Aaron. Forty-six. Ooh. Whoa! Here we go. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Trauma. The Tigger movie from the year 2000. Oh, the score was a 60. Yes! Yes! Your winner. I did it! <laughs> Josh Graham. I did it! Who has won this contest. I got 30 seconds here, and all I got to say is to all the people that doubted me, to the people who said... That I couldn't do it. Well, look at me now. Look at me now on this radio show. You really like me. I can't see you. What's you really, you really like me. I can see out of breath. I will just say, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at BG's score sheet, and he was within four and three. within three of those last yeah, two. I was, yeah. it was the, I was the closest one. on the last two. He, he gave away. One. He gave the game away. Yeah, yeah, I took a knee on the first play. He did. That's yeah. all right. That's okay. There might be some point shaving involved. You won, you won the day to me. <laughs> that's, uh, all was, that's all I was going for, honestly. BG, I got. I, I said on yesterday's show I have Louisville winning the ACC. Yes. Good pick, bad pick. No, good pick. I mean, I, I think any of Duke, Louisville, or UNC are, are all great picks to win the ACC this year and make a Final Four. Thanks for being Can't here, buddy. I appreciate yeah, no you. Doubt. Uh-huh. He's on Twitter at bguys underscore bird, accsports.com. Darren, you mind sticking around for a little longer? Never. Never. That's that's what I, I never like mind. Here. I never mind is though that's what I'm saying. Up next, <laughs> the best college football player I've ever seen is in the news this week. Keep it here on the drive.
Want to become a real sports fan? Leave it right here. It turns everyone it touches into raging psychotics. All things sports. Well, sometimes. On The Drive with Josh Graham. It is race week in Charlotte, North Carolina. Right down the road as we have the Bank of America Roval 400 coming up this weekend. And it is a full weekend of events with the Bojangles qualifying day tomorrow and then the drive for the Cure 250 on Saturday. And the weekend culminates, of course, with the Bank of America Roval 400 on Sunday with a pre-race concert with Chris Lane and Mario Andretti. We're now being joined by a NASCAR Hall of Fame inductee Dale Jarrett, who now, of course, you know him from NBC Sports, talking about what's going to transpire Sunday at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Welcome back on in the triad, Dale. How are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, as you pointed out there, a really exciting weekend. Uh, the Xfinity Series with their uh, second race into the playoffs on Saturday and, and then moving on to a cut race on the Roval uh, on Sunday afternoon. So many possibilities there. Uh, just can't wait to get to that part and see exactly how this is all going to play out. How would you have fared on a track like this? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say not as good as I would have wanted to. <laughs> uh, you know, the road courses uh, weren't my forte. I, I held my own, especially, you know, during, during our better years. Uh, we were able to get good finishes out of it. I uh, won a pole at Watkins Land, but this is something totally different. I think I would have loved the challenge uh, because it is so different. And as I talked to the drivers about the differences, everything that they say is that from Watkins Land to Sonoma, uh, yeah, it's not the same. Uh, the, you know, one's fast, you know, it's not, maybe not uh, any faster than what one is, uh, not any more difficult. It's just different. Uh, and I think I would have liked that challenge. And, and, you know, they've got something different again this year than what they had last year with the chicane on the back straightaway is going to be much more uh, of an opportunity for a passing zone, uh, much slower through there, uh, as they made some changes with that. So I think I would have, Again, enjoy the challenge. Don't know that I would have been a contender to win one of these races. Dale, what makes race week in Charlotte different from Daytona and Talladega and other benchmark stops on the NASCAR circuit? I think one of the biggest things is when you think of Charlotte, and I don't care what age and what era you came from, you, when you go to Charlotte now, you understand that it was one of the first uh, super speedways and speedways and tracks to really change the, the way that it looks. They, they did a total facelift of, of this uh, facility, and it's been all about the fans, opportunities for the fans to get closer to the action, uh, to buy condos uh, down in turn one if you wanted to do that. And so many things, the garage areas were something we had never seen before. And, and they just continued to upgrade all of that. And it's you know all for the, in the name of the fans and giving them a great experience when they come there. And so I think that's what makes it different. Sure, the other places uh, are doing a lot of the same things, but Charlotte was the first to really step out and do something uh, that we hadn't seen before. And I think that continues to shine through, even for the younger guys that come along now. And all they know is what they see there, but they're continuing to see improvements and and changes, and the Roval being one of those changes, you know. That wasn't it everybody necessarily loved the idea of what they were doing, but once they got there, they understood that the change was good, the fans were excited about it, and it put on two days of great racing. 
It's the Bank of America Roval 400 for tickets. You can find them online at charlottemotorspeedway.com. We're chatting with Dale Jarrett, NASCAR Hall of Fame inductee a couple years ago from NBC Sports. Being that you are from North Carolina, did you pick up North Carolina sports teams? Uh, you know, it's kind of uh, pretty much because I, I, I'm, you know, a North Carolinian. I, I want everything to, to go well here as far as the economy goes. Uh, so yes, I've I've been behind uh, the, the Hornets uh, from their uh, first time here, and, and then still uh, back here again. Uh, you, you look at everything that, that's gone on with the Panthers. I was a season ticket holder from the very beginning, not anymore, but still like to attend games and follow them. Now, if you say, okay, who did you follow and, and you know, who are your teams? Uh, I grew up a New York Yankees fan, uh, uh, kind of from five to six years old uh, in the baseball world, and I'm a, a Colts fan uh, in the NFL, mainly because I was fortunate to meet Johnny Unitas when I was a kid. Uh, he happened to be at a race my dad was in in, in Martinsville, Virginia, and, and I got the opportunity to meet him. So th- those are things that I look at with that. But, but supporting uh, North Carolina teams uh, through their uh, seasons, uh, I, I'm a big fan of them and like for, to see them w- do well, uh, just like things with the Charlotte Motor Speedway. You know, it's good for our economy, and if we can continue to do that, then things are going to be better for all of us here in the state of North Carolina. It's interesting that you admire Johnny Unitas. Racing's in your blood, of course, with your family. You raced for 24 years before jumping into the broadcast booth. Who was your sports hero? Uh, basically my dad. I mean, I, I, I take a lot of things from a lot of people uh, that, that I looked at over the years, but I didn't have to look far. Uh, you know, my dad was a, a two-time NASCAR champion uh, at the highest level. Uh, obviously a Hall of Fame inductee himself, uh, 150 races. So uh, I, I didn't have to go far to, to get the advice and to look up to, to someone that had done things the right way and lived their, their life the right way. So, so that was my dad. But, you know, if, if you look into other sports and people that I, I looked at and, and thought about, uh, I looked at Jack Nicklaus uh, as he played golf and then Tiger Woods later as he came along just how they went about being champions. Michael Jordan, uh, who I can call a friend now, that's someone that I've known for a lot of years. I followed his career just obviously from being from North Carolina and watching how he did things. I, I looked at people that won championships because it wasn't necessarily that I could be as great as what they were, but they were champions, and that's what I aspired to be. And fortunately enough for me, I was able to continue on a path that, you know, taking things from all of them that allowed me to see what champions did that was different from others. There's so many talented people. I don't care what sport you're talking about and if it's NASCAR racing, which is what I know most about. Uh, there are people out there that, that don't ever get the opportunity that might would have been a champion, but I got that opportunity. And when you get that opportunity, you want to make the most of it. Did you ever golf with Michael Jordan? You know, I have not played golf. I played right in front of him at an event uh, that <laughs> out in Lake Tahoe that they have the American Century Championship. I got to play in a number of years after I retired, uh, started in 2008, but we'd never have played together. Uh, we've had a lot of laughs on the golf course, standing around waiting and, and uh, watching each other play, but uh, haven't had that chance. Back in the day, it was you going head-to-head with the Intimidator, Dale Sr., and you won, of course, in 1993, and a lot of people remember that win, but his son, of course became one of the biggest names in the sport, and he's still very much that as one of your colleagues now at NBC Sports. So you've seen him from a young boy to a race competitor to now a teammate at NBC Sports. What's the best Dale Jr. story you can share with us? Oh, gosh. Um, I, I think probably the, the very best goes back to 
uh, a year that was devastating to him, but that he helped heal himself uh, and a lot of other people in 2001. And obviously that uh, was a terrible day and the, the Daytona 500 on the last lap uh, that he lost his father. Uh, but then he came back in July to, to win the race there. Uh, that, that, to me, uh, was a young man that had so many things thrown at him and somehow, some way, comes back to the place uh, that had just totally turned his world upside down and, and was able to go out and, and capture a win there. And then not saying it was the full healing part of it, but I'm amazed when uh, exceptional people do extraordinary things. And that, to me, was what Dale Jr. did. I've watched him as a, a kid grow up with my son Jason around the tracks and probably, gosh, four or five years old. And then to watch him uh, go through all of this, to grow as a cover competitor, and now transition into the team and the message that he gets across in calling these races for the fans. I hope they appreciate what he does and how he goes about it as much as I do because it's, it's great to have someone like that uh, talking about just recently there has been through more than most of us will ever go through our entire lifetime in a career, and, and now he's able to, to bring that to the fans. It's Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett, and it's a massive weekend in Charlotte, culminating with Bank of America Roval 400. A reminder again, charlottemotorspeedway.com. You can find tickets, and remember, kids 13 and under get in for just 10 bucks to the Bank of America Roval 400, free for Friday and Saturday. Dale, thanks for spending time with us. We'll catch up sometime soon, I'm sure. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on again. You got it. That is NASCAR Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett, and it's a big weekend in Charlotte, but it's a big week coming up pretty soon with the Dixie Classic Fair on the Winston-Salem Fairgrounds that we've been telling you about the last couple of days. Advanced sale tickets have been on sale for a while, but if you get tickets today, you could save up to 40%. Tickets are only $8 for adults, $3 for kids. And uh, children under 5 and adults above 65, they get in free. Free! Admission at the gate's $10. You can learn more at dcfair.com. Use the hashtag, how do you fare? All right. Another thing that's happening with the Carolina Panthers, Dante Jackson apparently is uncertain his status for Sunday against the Houston Texans. He was a limited practice participant yesterday with a groin. Today, he did not practice altogether with that injury. Trey Turner also out again, Cam Newton as expected. It does look like on the positive end, though, that Bruce Irvin's going to be ready to go for game three or make it game four of the regular season. It'll be his Carolina Panthers debut. It appeared KK Short and Gerald McCoy both received uh, vet days, even though they did list McCoy with a knee and KK Short with a shoulder. It doesn't seem like there's much concern that those guys are going to be ready to play Sunday against the Houston Texans. But pretty cool stuff from J Dale Jarrett there talking about Michael Jordan and Dale Jr. And it should be a really fun weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway. In a little over 30 minutes, we... You will hear a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Clemson head football coach Dabo Sweeney as his team gets set for North Carolina on Saturday, Mac Brown's team. The two active head coaches in the ACC who have national championship rings will be doing battle. And we've talked about this list before and how short it is. It's Dabo, it's Mac Brown, it's Nick Saban, 
It's Jimbo Fisher, and it's Les Miles. Those are the five coaches, active programs that have won national championships. So there's not many of them. So we'll be at Keenan Stadium on Saturday and plenty of time to talk about that between now and then. It's crazy to think it's already Thursday. Des, this week's blown by. Way too fast. You are listening to WSJS Winston-Salem, WCOG Greensboro, WPCM Burlington, WMFR High Point. Those signals making up Sports Hub Triad.